Hello, and welcome back to Medics Money Triage. We've been super busy at Medics Money Live in London, and for those of you who don't know, we put on a two-day conference in London. One day was to gather advisors, accountants, and mortgage advisors from across the nation. We even had someone flying from Scotland, so uh, shout out to you if you're listening. And we had a day of talks, heavily featuring the pension and McLeod, and then the second day was for partners who are on our GP partnership course. Today's triage focuses all on international medical graduates, or IMGs. And we've got Tommy speaking with Dr. Naveen. Now, since this is a triage specifically for IMGs, we're going to start with a brief introduction from Ed on the UK tax system. This is something we emphasise a lot, but it's such a staple and the UK tax system has some little quirks that are worth paying attention to. Once you are here, once you've settled down, understanding how the tax system works is important, but also complicated. So we're basically going to stick to the very uh, the bare bones, the real basics that everyone uh, needs to know once they're settled in the UK, how exactly does this complicated tax system work? So let's go through some of the, the basics. The first thing to know is unlike many countries around the world, in the UK, our tax year runs from the 6th of April to the following 5th of April. And that's really important because all the tax rates, all the tax bans, all the thresholds, everything gets set by the tax year, not the calendar year, for example. So we're currently, today we're in towards the end of 2023 so we're in the 2023 to 2024 tax year which runs from the 6th of april 2023 all the way up to the 5th of april 2024 when that when it ends okay for most people in the uk the vast majority of us we all get a chunk of tax-free personal sorry we get a, a chunk of tax-free income which is called the personal allowance and for most of us that's twelve thousand five hundred and seventy pounds okay so you should get your salary each month and over the whole tax year, you should get a chunk of that tax-free. So £12,570. Once you've got that tax-free chunk, then the income tax rates apply. So if you're in most of the UK, apart from Scotland, you'll be taxed at either 20%, 40% or 45% based on the rate, based on how much income. Now, we have plenty of materials on this, including some of the more specifics on the rates and how much you need to be earning. So if you need to check that out, head on over to Medics Money's website at medicsmoney.co.uk. For more blog articles and guides, then you can check us dig at. Our next clip has Tommy speaking with Dr. Naveen, who is an IMG from India, and their experiences moving over to the UK. So we met a while ago when we did a webinar on coming to the UK as an international medical graduate because you're moving to a different country, whole different way of practicing medicine, whole different financial system which is obviously where we were involved so that was really good but we thought we should definitely do something on the podcast about this because i know that you work with loads of international medical graduates and you're the expert bringing them over but why don't you just tell us a little bit about your own journey how you got to being here today i'm naveen originally from a small south indian town in fact and i graduated from medical school in 2000 I worked there for a couple of years and I worked with one of kind of an eminent surgeon who returned from UK. And I thought, okay, let me try something like this. I did the exams. They're called PLAB exams to get your GMC registration. Started with something called a clinical attachment where you understand the system. You pay into the system to the NHS trust where I was doing the attachment, some little money. It's around, I think at that point, 120 pounds per month. I did for three to four months, got my first break as an show during that period. And subsequently, I worked in London, guys in St. Thomas and North Pedics. Did my basic surgical training in uh, South Wales, Cardiff and Swansea rotation. 
completed my MRCS, did my diploma in sports medicine, and enrolled for MD in orthopedics at Stanmore Royal National Orthopedics through UCL. Uh, That's how my career progressed. So as it turns out, there are some interesting similarities and differences with working in India versus the UK, as Dr. Naveen is going to tell us. Tell me about what is different from working in the NHS to working in when you worked in India, where you worked for a few years, right? Yes, I did work. And I still have my connections. My parents are there. So I do frequently travel and then engage with a lot of doctors, actually. I don't. One thing I do is I don't go and tap a doctor and say, hey, come to UK. But there are so many who aspire to come to UK or go to US and give them the reality check. In the process, I engage with a few hospitals who asked me to come and speak for them. And the big difference is the training. Indian training system is predominantly built around the British way. So we have four and a half years of medical school training followed by F1 year. We call them as internship or house surgeons in India. You rotate through multiple subspecialities, gather experience. And a lot of doctors do a three years of structured training. Unlike F2 and then subsequently two years, CT1, CT2, now it is IMT3. But then they do three years of structured training. It could be in medicine or it could be in core medicine or core surgery. And a lot of people end up just practicing there. And very few. And then because there are almost one million doctors at the moment practicing in India. Out of them, the specialists are only around 200 or 180,000. Quite a few end up being just the generalist. And most doctors, uh, particularly where the ones doctor who want to come to the UK work in the cities and they work in private sector. It's not like the government sector as in NHS. And the system in the private is usually, of course, they do follow because uh, the doctors who I engage with, they complete the Royal College respective membership exam. But then the hospitals are driven in a way that the the patients are admitted. And over here, obviously for us, we to save the bed status, we work around the system in a way that if a patient comes within curb 65 score two, we tend to discharge them within home antipathic. But then same patient coming with a curb 65 two score two would be encouraged to get admitted into a private system. So that is one of the big structural difference. Another thing, waiting list. There is no GP kind of picture in India. If I have a back pain, I go into a private hospital, I see a spinal surgeon, Within 30 minutes, one hour, he'll arrange a MRI scan. I pay around 100 pounds for an MRI scan. Get MRI scan in another two hours, reported in 30 minutes or one hour after that. By the same day, I go and see the spinal surgeon. If there is a disc prolapse significant causing me some neurology, that spinal surgeon will operate on me the following day. Imagine a similar back pain patient, or he might say that if you don't need a surgery, he might say that go for the physio. Imagine a similar thing over here. There could be an it could be in discardis, it could be in metastatic lesion, and the whole referral journey. And this, most doctors who come from overseas find it hard because the system is organically different, and they haven't encountered this kind of a delay or refer- referral mechanism. And this is what we prepare them, and they need to understand as well. So we strongly advise the hospitals to provide the shadowing period so they recognize and understand the system, which is really crucial. Otherwise, they tend to make a lot of errors and mistakes. And in the process, the hospital not necessarily like the way a new doctor has made a decision, made a referral. And he assumed that 
okay, this uh, particular problem could be solved, but then it's not going to be because if they go into the GP system, it will take them 18 months. Lastly, we're going to hear about some differences between the Indian pension and the NHS pension. How does it work in India, Naveen, the pension? Do you, what, how does it work there? So it's a similar model, but I think the retirement age is 65 in India, if I'm not wrong. But my, my dad has been in a government sector, so he retired. He did what is called as a VRS at 60, but then he does still get his pension paid into his account every month, the same way as it is for us. But then unlike the NHS contribution, which is significantly high, I don't think there is a similar contribution from the Indian government. I'm not sure. So because I haven't looked into in detail. But this is a very interesting yeah. topic because a lot of doctors do ask me this question. Should I sign into that NHS pension? Particularly if I'm not sure if I'm going to stay in the UK, what would happen to that money? Pensions in four lines. I can start the basics and I'm going to take your excellent questions, Naveen. There's two kind of ways that a pension works in the UK. One is called a defined contribution scheme. And this is not how the NHS pension works. This is how uh, private pensions work. So what happens in a defined contribution scheme is that you and your employer pay money into a pot. And then this pot builds up over the time that you're working. When you retire, that amount of pot of money is your retirement. And if that money runs out in retirement, you run out of money in retirement. So if you don't have enough in there, you could theory run out of money. That is not how the NHS pension works. The NHS pension is what's called a defined benefit scheme and is generally seen as much better than a private defined contribution scheme because in the NHS pension, you pay a smaller contribution and the amount that you pay is tiered. So if you earn more, you pay a higher percentage. But your employer, the NHS, also contributes into your pension. And then at retirement, you don't have a pot of money you just have a defined amount of money that you get every single year until you die. So in the NHS pension, you are not going to run out of money. Your amount of money is protected from inflation, okay, which is especially relevant at the moment because inflation is eroding the value of almost everything at the moment because it's so high. If you have an NHS pension, it's protected from the value of inflation. And it's also backed by the government. It's a state-backed inflation-proof guaranteed income for life. All you've got to do is work in NHS to get it. So could consider that a pro or con. So it's very different. And for that reason, it's seen as superior to a private pension. That's all we've got time for today. So thanks for tuning in to this week's triage. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And write to me at matthew at medicsmoney.co.uk if you've got any comments, questions or queries. Cheerio!